What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast, episode 62. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Chris Rivers. Chris, please tell me you didn't have overtime this week. No overtime this oh, week. Back to normal? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. That's exactly what I was wanting to hear. Good. How was that? Different. Of course... The first weekend not having overtime in a while is the weekend that the time changes. Yeah, so. that sounds ex- yeah. about right. <laughs> yeah, we're having a three-year-old. She's struggling from that, too. So, Yeah. Do you think they'll get rid of uh, daylight saving? No, not in America. You don't think so? No. It's, I don't know. I wish they would uh, because yeah. I'm, I'm tired of it. I, we're the only country that does it. So, but for some reason. Canada does it. Do they do it, too? Yeah. Well, they need to quit it too. All right. North America just needs to calm down and figure it out and get rid of it. So, I agree. <laughs> I hate it. I'm okay I with agree. the sun doing what it does now, but just I'm, I'm done with it. I, I think if they're going to keep it, the Monday after the time changes should be a national holiday. I, I absolutely agree. Let there everybody's body get adjusted to yeah. it, especially with like a three year old. Yeah. The three year old is not mm-hmm. having it. She's very fussy today. And that's probably why. So, and I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Quick housekeeping before we get into the bulk of the show. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for podcasting apps, including Spotify. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, just make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve the show to help you make it better for you. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. There's a couple different tiers there. If you want to toss a couple dollars our way, that's the way to do it. A couple little goodies there as well. TV. Were we able to watch anything new this week? Not not in TV, no. Mm. Well, let me tell you, Chris. It has been a busy week. All right. We caught up on Celebrity Big Brother. Garbage uh-huh. show. I, I do not. I don't think I'll be watching Celebrity Big Brother from here on out. A right. lot of them acted like spoiled babies at the finale. And I'm just like, come on. Let's. That's like normal. Yeah. So like normal celebrity nonsense. Um, let's see. We're caught up on Bachelor. Horrible, horrible Bachelor. Uh, the finale is this week coming up. I can't wait just to see because he gets put in his place. Looks like from his dad and the other ladies that are left. And um, watching Last Kingdom, I am in season three of five. Five is the finale that just came out this past Wednesday. I tried watching them to get caught up. I am not anywhere close yet, so I'm going to keep chucking through that this week. And then Upload season two came out on Friday, which we talked about last week. And seven episodes, about 30 minutes each. I think the finale was 38 minutes. But we uh, watched that in two sittings, uh, Friday night and then Saturday morning. And I just hope we don't have to wait two years for another season. Do you think that was so short because of COVID? I think so. Because, I mean, they they only started filming summer of last year is when they started filming. I mean, it's March 13th now, so in the second season just dropped. But I think with COVID done now – because when they have the ratings, it's a good show, but I just don't want to wait two years. Hopefully, we don't have to. So, right, don't want to jinx it. Try to think anything other TV wise. I watch more movies as well. Played played some fun games that are that I can't wait to talk about. My new addiction. <laughs> I think I think that's it TV wise. It's just been real busy. Oh, they put Legend of Tomorrow. They put on Netflix the newest season, uh-huh. which is. I know that we've talked about their turnaround times before from the finale to Netflix, but this was the same week. I'm like, well, within a week span, I'm like, Jesus. I mean, give me a break, yeah. okay? I need time to watch other things. 
I'm, I'm complaining. Don't CW. Don't listen to that. For real. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, right. <laughs> Superman and Lois, Chris. Let's talk about full-on spoilers for this bad boy. Superman and Lois, Season 2, Episode 7, Anti-Hero. Going into nerdsandbeyond.com by this one as well from Haley. Now, this, Chris, is the episode directed by our Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. star, Elizabeth, and I'm blanking on her last Henstridge. name. Henstridge. Henstridge. I think she did a phenomenal job. And I yeah. I mean, it's I want her back for more, and I think she will be back probably for more CW show stuff. But if she's going to be behind the camera, Chris, I'm really going to want her in front of the camera as well. I really like yeah. her. And I think she would do real well alongside, like, Caitlin from The Flash. Um, uh-huh. And, I mean, even... She could be a good reporter or scientist for the uh, what's seven seven three four, that's in Superman and Lois. I think that she'd be a yeah. great scientist for that yeah. if she will stay in Superman and Lois. But I, I don't know. I like Elizabeth. Going in nerdsandbeyond.com by Haley for their recap. Superman is in trouble. Superman wakes up in a cell next to Tal Row, who wonders how Superman ended up there. Lieutenant Anderson appears and says they have to give him full control. They have given him full control, which we know is a lie. Uh, if he tells him where he is, he can get out and go. Superman instead tells him about Allen to research her, but Anderson says it changes nothing. Once Anderson comes back, Superman still isn't ready to give up the location, so Anderson takes matters into his own hands and puts a, a kryptonite collar on Tal Row. Tal pleads with Clark to make the pain stop, and he finally budges, giving him the coordinates to his fortress, but not the one in the desert. This little Icelandic uh, fortress of solitude, which I didn't know was still around, but you know. Tal knows this and speaks him, to him in Kryptonian. Clark says it will, still, it will stall them, but Tal knows when they come back, Anderson is going to kill them anyways. This whole, the whole storyline with Tal and Superman, I love that, and I really wish we, we've got Talro in the more, more of the episodes. Like I, I think we are going to get right. it more, but this, what, one every four or three episodes? It's okay. Yeah. I, I like him a little bit more. Yeah. You can sense the redemption arc for mm-hmm. him coming, and that'll be that'll definitely be interesting to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. It's I don't I'm not a big fan of the the Red Sun room. It's I'm okay with it, you know, for a couple minutes, but for more than ten minutes of the show, I'm just staring at the red hue. I'm like, okay, all right, let's let's change this up a little bit. I can't stare at this anymore. So, but yeah. I mean, it's necessary, and I get it. Um, an unwelcome new beginning. Sarah helps her mom pack her dad's things. Lana apologizes because she never wanted her daughters to know what it felt like living in a broken home, coming from one herself. At school, Sarah denies a phone call from her dad. As Jordan comes to check on her, she's still upset and lashes out a little bit at Jordan. Listen, Jordan's getting the short end of the stick this whole season. And I know we're only seven episodes in, but I mean, he's the perfect high school boyfriend. He's like, you know, I'm here for you. And she lashes out a little bit. His whole brother's going through this drug issue. He's getting in trouble for it just because he knew. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's let's back this I, up a little bit. <laughs> but he's got superpowers. Yeah, so, so I mean, he's we haven't really seen him. We saw him training last episode, but nothing's really come of that. I'm real. I'm wanting more of a a Smallville arc, if that makes any sense. Like how we had in Smallville, yeah. where he. There's a, a super bad guy. Well, Superman's caught up somewhere who has to stop it. Jordan does. And kind of do that whole high school thing that Clark used to do back in that show. I just really mm-hmm. want that for him, to be honest. Uh, John's dealings catch up. 
Candace brings Jonathan another supply of the ex-kryptonite. Jonathan hands it back to her because he doesn't want to do this anymore. Just then, the police make their way to the school with the drug-sniffing dogs to find out more kids like Timmy are bringing it into the school. Candace panics because she can't get caught with it. It will ruin her life. So Jonathan, being the super, the super hero he is, grabs it, assuming they won't check him because he's a good kid, and then he'll be able to dump it until the dogs bark at him and he gets caught. Lois yeah. is losing her mind, and rightfully so. Jonathan tries to calm her down because the sheriff isn't pressing charges, but she's worried they may, may expel him from school. She sends them to their rooms because she's had enough disappointment for the day. And listen, let me tell you about some of that acting. It was truly phenomenal. And yeah. I, I loved every single bit from Jonathan and Lois in this episode. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a tough scene to watch in a way because I think we've all been in a situation not necessarily exactly like that but where we've had a parent kind of right having to having to talk that way to us so and especially with him being like sticking to his guns and not talking to uh, telling them that which it's Candace is so which is admirable on one hand but on the other right. it's like dude she left you hanging with these drugs yeah I mean, Why a couple of text messages isn't going to fix it. No. No. <laughs> it was, and like, with the whole, kind of wrap this little bit of the arc up when Superman comes home from the day for for being captured and arrested and everything, and he talks to him. I'm like, Jonathan, just tell him, you know, and he doesn't ever tell him. Like, he, I, I feel like it could have been, they're not mine, but they're somebody in her. I would say, like, her family can't get caught with this because it's going to put them in even more trouble or something like that. Superman and even Lois would understand to an extent, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I think the my the favorite part, there was, oh, there's one part I'm trying to grab it in my brain because it's so scatterbrained right now, with Lois and, oh, it was Lois and Jonathan. Jonathan says, everybody here is great at something, but I'm not. Right. And he wanted to feel that way. I was like, oh, that was so well said. It's so well written. And like I felt so bad for Jonathan in that moment, but I mean I, I get it. We knew this was probably going to happen one way or the other, because everyone else is either super or you know like Lois is great at that, and he wanted to be great at something, whether it be football or whatever. And oh, I felt so bad for Jonathan in that moment. Yeah, and at the end, which I, I I know we'll get there when, but you mentioned it when Clark goes to the goes to his room and he's talking to him. And as Clark walks out, it's like he's always been able to count on Clark to be mm -hmm. like a calm voice of reason. And he's even amped up mm -hmm. about it. And so as soon as Clark leaves, he just starts breaking down into tears because he doesn't have yeah. anybody. He doesn't have anybody. So I'm just trying to figure out what is so special about Candace. Oh, no. My, my wife can't stand her. Like every time she's on screen, she's like, I just can't stand this girl. Well, she's so it's bad. Like, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. But hopefully we'll see what happens further on. Anderson fights back. Anderson is desperate to find Bizarro, telling Superman, and he's going to do it. Then he's seen uh, opening up the kryptonite supply lockers. And what do we find? Of course, some XK inhaler shocker. Anderson finds XK inhalers and is going to use them. Yeah. Didn't see that coming at all. Superman and Tal are with their mom and Bizarro and Tal's fortress. Suddenly, Anderson appears and fights with Superman and Tal. And as he's about to shoot and kill Superman with the kryptonite bullets, Tal sees this and sacrifices himself to protect his brother. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in that, this paragraph here. That was 
awesome. Like the this yeah. whole scene, like he throws a kryptonite grenade in, of course, but he doesn't know Bizarro's powers are flipped or anything. And so we Superman gets knocked down because he's all juiced up on XK, Anderson is. And then Tal sees that he's about to get shot and killed, and he jumps in front of him. I mean, we're seeing like a huge redemption arc style. We saw a little bit of it, was it the first or second episode of this season when we first saw yeah. Tal? But then now seeing this arc of it, and he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself because he almost died. He got shot three times right in the chest. I mean, they even say it here in a little bit. But I was like, oh, that's just very well done. And I, and I like what we we're getting at with this arc. Yeah. Do you think he helps? In some way, he helps Jonathan. I hope so. Because as the forgotten, not so much loved brother kind of mm-hmm. bond that they have, you know. I think that could really work. I really, I want Tal to be at home somehow. Like, nobody knows really who he, I mean, people know who he is. He obviously was a big billionaire. But, like, nobody knows he's around, but he's still doing something. I don't know. I just, I want him more in the storyline and not just to be killed off and thrown away. You want him to be the Uncle Jesse of this full house. That's, exa- oh, that's exactly what I want this full house to be, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> However, Mitch gains too much strength. Uh, let's see. Their mother lets Bizarro go to help him help protect her sons. He agrees to that and fights with Anderson. However, Mitch gains too much strength and crushes Bizarro, killing him. Superman disintegrates the bullet fragments that helps heal uh, Taro by taking him to the sun. Afterward, Tal appears back in the cell. But take a step back a little bit with this on this paragraph. The fight scene between Anderson and Bizarro was again really well choreographed as well because he Anderson is smart like he he's not a dumb uh, general he he can easily oh. figure out what's going on and he said oh Kryptonite didn't do anything to him and then somehow I forget how the the XK initially affected him I think it got crushed or something he whiffed it in and yeah. he got weakened is what it was. And so he figures that out, and he takes all the inhalers and starts smashing it against his face. Like, he would take a puff and start smashing it against his head and realize it weakens him, and then he just chokes him out and kills him. I was like, yeah, I, I, I saw this going a little bit differently, but yeah. this clears up the whole Bizarro act, and I thought that was really well done as well. And then the conversation with Tal and Cal in the cell, and he said, of course, you'd bring me back here. He goes, I just I can't trust you right now. And then as he's walking out, Tauro says, uh, tell Jordan I'm sorry. And then uh, Clark looks back and says, you're going to have to tell him yourself one day. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I like where this is going, and which yep. he hopefully he will, and if not be a mentor to him or at least to Jonathan. Or I just want to be a part of the family. You know, it's, it's a big family show here. Yeah. Let's see. Clark reunites with Lois at home, looking forward to family dinner, but Lois has to break the unfortunate news to him. Poor Clark just supposed to come home and have some Chinese food. And everyone's like a little bit on edge. You know, uh, Grandpa and Lois are making eye contact with a little weird eye contact going on. Clark barges into John's room and asks him what he was thinking. He thought he taught them better. Tomorrow he's going to apologize to the principal, coach, and the football team. After that, they're going to have a long chat so John will never misrepresent this family again. And like you said earlier, that's just... It was a rough conversation for Jonathan. And even, like, he wouldn't give up Candace to, to Clark either. So, I mean, a little, uh, little rough. but Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering what will happen when he eventually does. Or they'll trace it back to her family anyway. Because right. Timmy got it from her. Yeah. 
you know, who's to say he's not going to try and flip, save his butt? Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a moot point, right? Yep. He's going to he's gonna take the fall for her. She's still going to go up the river. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't. I mean, I, I guess I get it. He's he's a teenager. Yeah. Um, teenager in love, man. Kids yeah. are dumb. I'll say today yeah. they die. Kids are dumb. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, we were all there, though. So, you know, we've all been to that point. But uh, that was a really, really good episode. Mm-hmm. The way that it flowed. I loved, and I don't know if this is in your recap. Are you done no, with the recap? No, the recap's done. Okay. Did not mention that great scene at the diner. Oh, uh, yeah. When when Lana goes then, and in the middle of uh, Jackass's <laughs> the little other, the mayor's uh, speech, yeah, his his little speech about family values. Mm-hmm. The way they draw these parallels to what's kind of going on in the political climate. Mm-hmm. Very very interesting. They, but yeah, I love it. Man. She, she completely like ripped that whole event apart for him. Oh yeah, and everyone's be... got up, started getting up and leaving at that point too. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll take this win. Yeah. And then Loved like uh, Eric Valdez is the guy's name who plays at the dad and the on that family Cortez. I forget his first name now. Kyle. Kyle. But the you know she's been ghosting him. Uh, Sarah's been ghosting her dad this whole episode. And at the end, she walks up to him as he's leaving a little convenience store gas station and she said can we talk and he said yeah baby girl and just the emotion in his face I mean, he hadn't been the whole episode and then right. that one scene i mean he's he stole that whole ending scene for me with that like you could just tell as a as a father he just broke down and was like finally he says she's gonna talk to mm-hmm. me and yeah. i hope i hope things get resolved but i hope that you know correctly if we put it that way not just a throwaway yeah. storyline yeah so i also couldn't help but think when uh when clark comes back home and he's talking about i just want some chinese food i'm yeah. thinking you know dude you could just fly to china yeah. and get the real deal. you could get the real stuff not this american stuff <laughs> and, and he could have it back before it had a chance to get cold right he could have ate it all the way home you know yeah <laughs> uh i'm so excited for next week i can't wait for it but we will have to wait. But we do have some news as we go into the rest of our TV section here. There is another Walking Dead spin-off in the works starring uh, Negan and Maggie. Uh, you, you, who are you telling? I'm going to Polygon.com. <laughs> this is by Nicole Carpenter for this one. Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan will star in a new Walking Dead spinoff called Isle of the Dead, AMC announced on Monday. The show is expected to be out in 2023 will center on Cohen and Morgan's respective characters, Maggie and Negan, as they travel to Manhattan, which has since been cut off from the mainland. Quote, the crumbling city is filled with the dead and denizens who have made New York City their own world full of anarchy, danger, beauty, and terror, AMC said in the news release. It, it will premiere on both AMC and AMC Plus with six episodes making up the first season. Now, Chris, for you know, several years ago, uh, a lot of where the Walking Dead fans fell off was when Negan kills Glenn, who is Maggie's husband. Uh huh. So, I mean, how did we get to this point where they're breaking off and making their own show? Uh, <laughs> I think I, I mean, missed some things. <laughs> but the. Uh came around i guess i don't know i you know 
I'm missing like six seasons. I feel like at this point of story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. It, I think they're just, hey, here's two fan favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Let's pair them up and put it's them. It's Thomas and Martha Wayne. I don't think that they are thinking about what people want. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, people have to still they, be watching the show and the spinoff at this point if they're making, if they got enough money and viewership to make another one. So, Or they're hoping to bring people back. Oh, I can see that. having a show centered around Negan. Yeah. Um, oh, man, what a movement The I Walking just, Dead was. I just kind of feel like different types of characters go through cycles, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the zombie cycle's over. Right. And now we're almost coming back to, I don't know, are are we coming back to vampires or ghosts or? Well, see, I don't know. I mean, they're making that new Supernatural show, uh, the yeah. prequel. So demons, yeah. maybe? Yeah, I, see, I don't know where we're at, at this point. I mean, I think we're still, for the most part, movie-wise, we're still big on superheroes in action movies mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. TV-wise, I really don't know what the world is at. I mean... I know CBS big show right now is Ghost. It's a real uh-huh. good one. Um, I'm trying to right. think of. I mean, you still got your crime shows, but I don't. I'm with you. Um, zombies. I feel like that's that's kind of come and gone at this point. Yeah. But I mean, with Walking Dead or proper ending this year, I mean, it makes sense to make a spinoff. But how many people are you gonna have come to that? Right. I mean, from a film perspective too. Look at it this way. Both, um, well, Marvel and Sony, we'll, we'll count them separately, are each putting their own vampires, right? Because we're getting Morbius and we're getting Blade, Allegedly. who is a vampire, but is also a vampire hunter. Right. Um, so, I don't know, man. I think the zombie thing is, which we may get. We may get Marvel zombies too, but yeah. it's it's going to be like a one and done on those probably. So we'll see. It's it's crazy I, to I, watch I how they're... the trends change over time. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. it's it's what we pay attention to as well, though. I mean, with paying attention as closely as pop culture and nerdy pop culture on top of that, what what's the regular world watching? You know what I mean? Like what's yeah. everybody else doing? Because we're obviously big on Superman, Lois, Flash, and everything. So who who knows what's I love watching the trends change like that. Everyone mm-hmm. said uh, it was a while ago when like the first Avengers came out. I think there was a lot of popular um, directors and creators and things like that saying, "Oh, well, superhero movies movies will go the way of the westerns and they'll just disappear in a couple of years." Well, here we are, uh, you know, ten years later, still pumping on strong and still making more money than anybody else is yeah. right now. So. And some of the biggest properties they have to use right. are, are in the pipeline. We haven't even seen them yet. That's, that's cool. oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for the future. Speaking of the future, number two, Vikings Valhalla is returning for season two and season three. They announced that on the official Vikings uh, Twitter this week. And, oh, that brought me so much joy. I even retweeted it out and said, uh, said something along with it. The account liked it as well. I said, yeah, I've made it big, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I've made it big. So, but they're, they actually start filming for season. They're filming season two and three back to back from what I, from what I've heard. 
and they start yeah. filming again this summer, which I'm like, yes, that means we're going to get it faster and sooner. And then this one is really exciting for us because we will be talking about this show and I'm sure doing a weekly recap for it as well. Casting for Gotham Knights are here. Going to Deadline.com by Dennis Petsky for this one. Oscar Morgan from Day Son Vivant, Olivia Rose Keegan from Days of Our Lives, and Navia Robinson Raven's Home are set as series regulars in the CW's DC Universe set Gotham Knights pilot. They joined previously announced Fallon Smith and Tyler DeChiera. I don't know if we've ever covered that. Or if it was never really mentioned on my timeline. So, Written by Batwoman trio Chad Fivish, James Starrow, and Natalie Abrams, Gotham Knights picks up, in, picks up in the aftermath of Bruce Wayne's murder with her rebellious adopted son forging an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the caped crusader. As the city's most wanted criminals, the renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names, but in a Gotham with no dark night to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected of places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. Morgan will play Turner Hayes despite the murder of his biological parents. Turner remains resilient and driven to live into his billionaire adoptive father's name. While charming and soulful, Turner has never quite felt comfortable in the world, this world of wealth and privilege. Keegan will portray Duela, abrasive, unpredictable, and a little unhinged. Duela is, above all, a survivor. Born in Arkham Asylum and abandoned by her father, the most dangerous man in Gotham. They never have a name for this. Duela forged herself into a brutal fighter and skilled thief. And then Robinson plays Carrie Kelly. Fearless, idealistic, and plucky as hell, Carrie talked her way into being Batman's unlikely, unlikely sidekick. If there's a burning building or a person in need, she's the first rushed in, just as long as she's home by curfew. So, question or, for for you here. If Batwoman is in Gotham, this show is going to be in Gotham, and they've already connected the TV multiverse with Crisis, how is this going to work? So, that's just where, you know, when I'm reading that and thinking about that, it just makes me think. I, I don't know if they're going to do the whole Superman and Lois thing, where it's in the world, but not in the world. So I don't, I don't know how that works because there's obviously are a they, bizarro world. Are they putting both on the same planet, on the same Earth? See, I don't know. That's what Crisis was. Crisis was they they right. joined all the planets. I don't know unless this takes place before Crisis, and who knows? <laughs> they joined all the planets, but now in Superman and Lois, we're dealing with you know some bizarro world. People saying, you know, on my world, on mm-hmm. on your planet, and they're like, okay, yeah, there's multiple planets. So yeah. Again, it's like, I don't know what DC is doing. There's no no, trusted continuity. Nope. There used to be with their with their Arrow shows, but not, not so much anymore. Yeah. So, releases this week, Tuesday, March 15th, Young Rock Season 2 premieres on NBC. And then Sunday, March 20th, Riverdale returns back to the CW. I forget <laughs> what season it is, so I apologize, but it is coming back on Sunday. New night, actually. Sunday night. So. Sunday. Okay. On to movies. So sorry, I saw um, my shirt, and I was like, what is that? So, I don't know. Oh, I thought you were just wanting to show off your Coke shirt. <laughs> no, this one's not from Coke. I bought this one myself. Um. <laughs> uh, so on the on the film, have you watched anything? Yes, and Ooh. it is called. Sorry, I'm pulling up the 
add on projects IMDb. So I'd make sure I talk about the actors and actresses correctly. Um, Turning Red, the new Disney Pixar movie that for some reason all the the basic white women in the South are having a big issue with because Why? oh this all the, all the Karens yes uh, it's it's getting bad because like I don't get on Facebook hardly ever unless I get tagged in something or no you know unless I have a notification I don't get on Facebook and so my wife was telling me all about this there's like people that are one lady brought it up she watched this because she came to Disney Plus this weekend and watched it with her kids and was very appalled because it takes place in Toronto in 2002. It is a uh, French Asian uh, family that you know live in Toronto, and they uh-huh. own a temple, the the longest running temple, uh, Chinese temple in Toronto, and they take care of it. And at the beginning, they were talking about things. This 13 year old girl, and one of the biggest things are because of course here in the South, everyone here is like hugely Christian, which is fine. But when you're well, dealing with a different culture, yeah, it's, but when you're dealing with a different culture, people don't like that, especially when it comes to their stuff. And I put that in air quotations for those who are not uh, audio video watchers, but they, because the thing, they open it up, they're talking about the temple and she says, you know, here we don't praise the gods, plural. They said, we praise our ancestors, which is very common in that culture. Right. But everyone's like, oh, you know, they're. They don't even praise gods. They praise people. And it's so very unchristian. Like, I'm like, again, not your family we're talking about here. And it's just, there's that. And like, there's talking about it's, it's an encouraging rebellion for teenage girls to not listen to their parents. And I'm just like, Little Mermaid, Finding Nemo. I mean, it just, right. it's, it's really annoying. Overall, great movie. I really enjoyed this movie. The, the animation from Pixar has gotten so good. Like the the first, what it is is this family has a curse slash gift. It depends how you look at it. That once you're of of an age of a certain girl, a certain age of a girl, you turn into a red panda because their ancestor way back then made a deal with the gods and you turn into a red panda. She did to protect her village way back then. But now like they have a ritual, they can block it and things like that. But that's where the storyline takes place. The the girl turns into a panda for the first time in middle school. And, but the, in in the middle of class, uh, not the first time, but she does though. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I, if everyone's, you know, I say, if you love Pixar movies, watch it. Cause it's great. The animation is is phenomenal. Like the individual hairs on the panda and everything looks so real. And so real. It's, it's great. Um, I think for me, I give it a, I think I gave it a four stars or three and a half stars on Letterboxd earlier. I don't know sure yeah. which one it was, but it was high up there. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, that was that's all I've watched so far. People are just. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Chris! I, I wish you could. If I find it or if I, Jamie sees it again, I will have her tag you in it, in the comments or something. Because dude, it's oh. it's it's nuts. And I'm like, oh god, why? Yeah. Why is this a thing? So yeah, it's yeah. People are crazy. Yeah, you got people who claim to be. Of a faith, dude. It's it's and and they don't like they don't like brown people, but yeah. then the person that they claim to worship was brown. Yeah. I don't. That it's it, it, we can do a whole three hour podcast or twelve hour podcast just on all that. So <laughs> the hypocrisy of it all. Is right. Just... <laughs> what about you, Chris? What have you been watching this week? Uh, so 
I watched Leprechaun 4 in space. Interesting. See, I didn't get yeah. to it this week. I really wanted to, or it was last week. I think I'm really going to sit down, and I might do it. Alexa, when is St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day is four days away on Thursday, March 17th. Thursday. I might sit down and watch it Thursday. Just watch on the, the first one and see where we go from there. So Yes. So four is... Um, Four is a bit of a challenge to watch. <laughs> it's it's like with all the movies, they're made better because of Warwick Davis's performance as the Leprechaun, right? But how they get that they never explain if this is the same Leprechaun and he's somehow made it onto another planet, mm. or if there are planets with other Leprechauns. Like they don't because this came out in '96. So back then they were not as like today with how everything is interconnected and they would explain this. Right. right? But here they were just like, Oh, let's take the leprechaun and put him on another planet and, <laughs> and he's just don't, uh, think it, just don't think about it, don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. You're overthinking it. Right. Um so we see the leprechaun with Princess Arena, whose father is a king, and the leprechaun has kidnapped her and is basically getting her to agree to marry him by showing her all his gold and jewels and everything. And his plan is when, when they're married, he'll be a prince, and they'll kill her father and ascend to the throne as king right. and queen. Which, once she sees all the, all the gold and jewels, she's okay with. Because <laughs> um, why not, you know? And, yeah. So we do find out later on, because it's the 90s, and of course, any kind of 90s horror film, they wanted to find a way to work a little nudity in there, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently on her planet, if a female member of the royal family shows their breast to you, it means that you are uh, deemed, you've, you've been given a death sentence. Oh. So she, she does mean, this I, I at get, one point. The logic tracks. I mean, I get it. <laughs> So, it has Warwick Davis. Princess Serena is played by Rebecca Carlton, who her biggest credit aside from this was, I think she was on a few episodes over a couple years of Baywatch. Mm. Um, Jessica Collins is in this as Tina. She was, she gained most of her fame on daytime soap operas. Mm. Um, but a name that a lot of people will recognize, Debbie Dunning is in this as let's see what's her character dolores is her character name she's one of the marines that's on the spaceship most people will remember her as heidi the second tool time girl on home improvement oh okay the uh the brunette yeah so she's in this and this would have been during her run on that show so the the story goes that these marines are after the leprechaun because he's been killing people and so they go to this planet. The special effects in this film are not good. <laughs> it's it's the mid-90s, and they're not even great for the mid-90s. Oh, no. That's pretty good. Which the, the director did the audio commentary track and admitted it. He, he kept calling attention to it when it would, <laughs> when it would come up. Um, so they managed to they throw a grenade over where the leprechaun and the princess are. The leprechaun tells her to get down. She loses a hand in the process. Oh. Right? But we find out that 
she can regenerate. So she's fine. The leprechaun <laughs> is twice. blown to bits. The leprechaun's blown up in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Um, and here's where we get to some of the roll-your-eyes at the at the story elements of this, if if you weren't already rolling. Right. One of the guys goes over, one of the Marines goes over and decides that he's going to confirm his kill. So he starts to pee on one of the leprechaun's feet. Oh. And we see this green uh, special effect start to travel upward from, from the foot. And basically what this is, is the leprechaun's being, his essence, has traveled in through the guy, in through the guy's uh, pee hole, we'll say. Your urethra, for those of you in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and later on, I'm telling you, <laughs> later on, as he and the and the Dolores character are making out, um, he starts having these intense pains down there. And at first he thinks it's her being rough. Right. And it's not. The leprechaun basically comes out of him. Oh, I'm sure explodes Kill, and everything. Which, which kills him. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but that's how the leprechaun gets on their ship. Lobby? So the these the um uh, not a great not a great film yeah um <laughs> as you could probably tell uh, of it's, your rankings though of the ones that you've watched so far what how do you how do you rank it oh it's it's last it's last four. <laughs> number four yeah yeah <laughs> number four and probably number five and six I. I <laughs> This one just didn't hit home. Again, one thing that was interesting is if you, um, if you're, someone's familiar with Shakespeare, you'll catch that they gave the Leprechaun little Shakespearean quotes hmm. to say. So I mean that kind of makes it a little bit more interesting. There's just not a lot there, and it's some of those silly moments. Yeah. It's supposed to be a comedy horror, so. They do intend for it to be lighthearted in in ways, but come on, man! Like you, you <laughs> it it's not an easy watch. It's one of those that I'll only ever watch it again if if I'm watching the whole franchise. Right. Uh, I think I gave it. This would have been like a star, star and a half, Ooh. but again, but again, Warwick Davis kind of he. He yeah. elevates it a little bit, so I put it in at a two on Letterboxd. Uh, it's close to next up. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's another one. Um, <laughs> next up will be Leprechaun in the Hood, followed I'm by Leprechaun Back to the Hood, and then I believe it's Origins, which doesn't have Warwick Davis, so I'm worried about that one. The only the only ones I had not seen prior to this to this run through was uh origins so I've, I've seen all the others at least once um but i'm i'm being re-exposed to things that i'd probably <laughs> in some cases willingly suppressed right <laughs> willingly. <laughs> but yeah 
uh, again, I, you know, it's worth watching just to see what, what in the hell they were doing. Right. But I, I wouldn't go back to it. Yeah. In and of itself. <laughs> okay, on to our film of the week. The Adam Project, starring Ryan Reynolds. This was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't get do Ryan Reynolds because it's brand new. But yeah, you get Ryan it. Reynolds. You get Jennifer Garner. Um, I did not look into the cast list or anything before the before I set on to watch it. So when they showed the the photos of his character as a child, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's Mark Ruffalo. Yep. So Mar- Mark Ruffalo is in the film. I think he um, was, him and Ryan Reynolds were the only ones I was, from the trailer, kind of paid attention aware to. Of. Yeah, because like yeah. Mark Ruffalo, they had like a little, one little dance scene with him uh, mm-hmm. in the trailer. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we come into it, and then freaking Gomorrah is in the movie. Uh, Zoe Sadana and mm-hmm. then Jennifer Garner. I was like, man, this is packed. I mean, they had a lot of good people in this movie. I need to go back at some point and watch it. To see if I missed any references to uh, some of their past projects, like you know, with Jennifer Garner, Electra. There was Ruffalo's Marvel references. They had a like Deadpool that. reference, if not just okay. they had a Deadpool reference in this movie. Okay. And it um, was. I'll t- we'll, we'll talk about it after we record. Let me, uh, let me, since we're not doing um, spoilers, let me just read the synopsis here. Because if I, if I riff it, I'll end up probably saying more than I should. After accidentally crash landing in 2022, time-traveling fighter pilot Adam Reed, played by Ryan Reynolds, teams up with his 12-year-old self for a mission to save the future. So, that's... If I really enjoyed this movie, and if you like any of Ryan Reynolds, because I feel like Ryan Reynolds plays, for the most part, the same character in a lot of his movies. Right. And this one's not really any exception, but Mm -hmm. the 12-year-old played by um, uh, Walker Scoble, took the movie away from me like yeah hilarious like if if you would have told me that that's ryan reynolds kid in real life i'd be like yeah i absolutely agree with you like mannerisms uh the way he said things and which obviously shows his acting abilities the kids right it it was so funny like there were so many like back and forth between them and all like yes this is great uh story-wise to me Great. A lot of it made sense, and they got real theoretical with some things, but made it made sense to to a point. Uh, it started off a little slow-ish for me, but then um, yeah. at some point it happened about halfway through, that kind of ramps up and just starts running with it. And I was like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this movie. For me, I gave it a, a four stars out of five. I, I really enjoyed I it, I and I, wanted to, I want more. I don't know if it will, but I do want more. I think I gave it a three and a half. Um, it was really fun. 
I'll never be able to look at a goatee and not think of the term <laughs> mouth mullet again. <laughs> the whole time, because I shaved to a goatee this weekend, and then we watched that movie. I was like, well, no, I wish I didn't do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> a mouth mullet. A mouth I'm mullet. Just like, yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> and uh, especially when he calls her date, or her date's like, says something to him, and he's like, Nice mouth mullet. Yeah, he goes, yeah, like, I've, I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> oh, um, I will say, man, it. everything else was sort of status quo. Mm-hmm. The one scene that really got me was the last scene with Mark Ruffalo in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. God. It hits. It hit hard. My my wife, very emotional. I love her. Love her to death. But when that happened, just eyes bawling. I was like, yeah. I mean, I get yeah. it. You know, I really get the, it. So the um the look on his face, like the moment in and of itself would have been enough. But then he just sells it with that mm-hmm. look, and it's like, oh yep. god. Um. And I'll I'll say this about it. I feel like it dealt better with the whole idea of time travel than a lot of the movies that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, it made as much sense as, as anything could when right. dealing with time travel. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I know it's one we've been waiting for since they released the, the trailer for it. And um, Netflix even put up on their main account over this weekend of the kid uh, Walker doing the monologue from the very beginning monologue of Deadpool, talking about like cussing and everything, sitting in the back because there's, there's a car ride in the film. And, and behind the scenes, Ryan Reynolds pulls his phone out and Walker is monologuing like the whole the first 15 minutes of Deadpool. Like talking about Hugh Jackman and everything, and Ryan Reynolds is—you can tell him he's sitting there filming it, not knowing. I don't think Walker knew he was filming it. And you can see Ryan Reynolds just trying to hold in a laugh because this kid has memorized and monologue like 15 minutes of Deadpool. It's just the funniest thing. You can easily find it on Twitter. Just uh, go to the Netflix account and find it. But it is so funny. And I saw that originally when they were filming it in 2020. And I was like, oh, no, this movie's about to be crazy. Little did I know it was going to be two years, so we got it. But it's still still great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You gave it a four, mm-hmm. right? I gave it a three and a half. On to the news. But first, the next, uh, the next show we're going to be reviewing, The Harder They Fall, which is on Netflix. Idris Elba. I'm excited about this one. Ah, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. The preview for it played or the trailer right after the Adam project finished. And I was like, what is this? Right. Okay. I yeah. remember it coming out and just never, I thought there was something else going on that week or two and just completely forgot about it. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Um, so you mentioned Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Let me get this news story pulled up here from the Hollywood reporter and Ryan Parker. Deadpool 3, Sean Levy to direct Ryan Reynolds in Marvel movie. 
Um, screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are returning to the franchise after working on the first two. That's smart. Um, Sean Levy's in negotiations to team up with star Ryan Reynolds for the, Mar for the Marvel property after previously collaborating on 20th Century's pandemic-era hit Free Guy and the just-released sci-fi adventure movie The Atom Project on Netflix. Fans have been champing at the bit for another chapter in the raunchy, violent, and of course hilarious Deadpool series since the 2018 sequel, which added Josh Brolin as Cable and Zazie Beetz as Domino. First record-breaking Deadpool in 2016 was directed by Tim Miller. The sequel was helmed by David Leitch. This um, is great. It says a lot to... Because, I mean, right, Maximum Effort Studios is Ryan Reynolds Studios, you know? And the fact mm -hmm. that he's like, okay, we did so good. You know, I liked you so much on these two movies. Let's bring you in for Deadpool 3. And yeah, and from especially watching The Adam Project this past weekend, uh, I'm all in. Absolutely. I mean... It's great, and I feel like he's going to do a good job with it. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's when you find somebody you've got that sort of chemistry chemistry with, you've got to keep rolling with it. And obviously from those two films, it shows they work well together. So, um, Next up, from a new site. I don't think we've done one from this mm -hmm. site before. Uh, from Geek Girl Authority, posted by Noetta Harjo. It says, Florence Pugh and Austin Butler in talks to join Dune sequel. It's been a few months since Dennis Villanueva's Dune premiered in theaters and on HBO Max, and it's about time we, starting, we started talking about casting for the sequel, especially since the part one cast was basically cut in half. It was announced this week Florence Pugh and Austin Butler are in talks to join the epic saga and it says possible spoilers ahead, so I won't go yeah. into that. But, uh, of course, Florence Pugh, we've talked about, thanks to Black Widow and Hawkeye and her her role in Marvel as Yelena. Mm -hmm. And then Austin Butler, I think we talked about on the last show mm -hmm. about his Elvis with, the, uh, with the Elvis trailer that dropped from Baz Luhrmann. So... I think they're gonna do oh, so well excited. with it. I mean, all, you still have, you know, pretty much your main characters from the first part, move, you know, uh, part one. And right. I'm like, yeah, I, again, I, I talked about it so much last year. I can't get enough of Dune. And then you add these two characters into it, or these two cast members. I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't have to sell me on it, but you're selling me more on it. So I'm ready. Yep. Next up. From Timothy Adams at comicbook.com. Check them out. Warner Brothers delays The Flash and Aquaman 2. <laughs> um, they've both been delayed, pushing their release dates to 2023. This follows news of Black Adam and DC League of Super Pets also changing their previously announced dates. Jason Momoa's Aquaman 2 will now land on March 17th, 2023, while Ezra Miller's multiversal adventure as Flash races to June 23rd, 2023. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the sequel to Zach Levi's 2019 film, is moving from 2023 to December 12th, 2022. And another Warner Brothers flick, Timothy Chalamet's Willy Wonka, is also receiving a new release date of December 15th. 2023 that's one i want to see that mm -hmm. that's um 
I don't think we're ever. I don't think the Flash movie is real. I don't think it is. I mean, it's been talked about for how many years now, if not decades, at this point. And yeah, I don't think it's real. There's there's no way that it is. That I don't understand why they would flip the other stuff around, but I kind of wonder. Because it was, what, a month ago? Ezra Miller was tweeting at a KKK group that mm-hmm. hasn't even been active for decades right. and was saying he was saying we, whoever we is, was would just kill him if that's what it took to, to like, what I don't yeah. know if he's I don't know and I kind of wonder if they're distancing themselves and like okay let's give this but it was still going to be later this year so right I don't... Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to weird. me Jason Aquaman 2 I kind of get because I was supposed to come out in December of this year uh, Shazam being pushed up the director oh, I can't remember his name right now um who was making it said, well, he goes, we're going to go ahead and talk about this. He said, the characters have a suit change. The not Shazam, but everybody else has, his family does like the mm-hmm. colors, of their suit change and everything. He goes, originally we had it on the witchiness, uh, well, the, from the stuff of, uh, flashpoint was right. why it changed. Cause we're still sitting in the same universe. He said, but now he said, we're just going to say it's going to be on witches. He said, so I apologize in advance. He said, but we were supposed to use Flashpoint for that is what happened in it. He goes, we're going to directly can't, you know, talk about it. He says, but, you know, what Shazam doing with witches? We're just going to say it's witches now. That's why their outfits changed. I said, huh, okay. I'm sure that will get pas- that will get pushed back in the future. People are going to be like, well, why their suits changed? And they don't explain it in the movie. So we will see. Yeah. Um, again, that's something that you kind of feel like if they had that big of a, I mean, it's, it's the suits. So is it really a big plot point? But I mean, it kind of is cause that's the suits iconic for Shazam. Yeah. So, um, I feel like, again, I, I hate to beat a dead horse cause we're, I always, for one, bring it up. You bring it up sometimes too. And Marvel wouldn't do this. Marvel right. would, the they will, this needs, ahead. This needs to come before this. Right. Now, they did the deal with Black Widow and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier with, um, I can never say her name. I mean, I can say it if I can remember it. Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character. Mm-hmm. Um, Allegra de Fontaine. Um, we were supposed to see her first at the end of Black Widow. But we saw her in Falcon and Winter Soldier because Black Widow got the weight. Either either one of them still, you know, didn't really make a, too much of a difference because they never right. referenced anything. But yeah, but yeah and, that's our first like Marvel blunder, I guess, if you want to call it that. And but, they knew it was happening, so it really was. Yeah. But had it been had it been a more had it been a much more major uh, event that needed to go in a certain order, they would have just pushed everything back. Right. They wouldn't have, I don't know. Yeah, if it would have been, I'm like if you, Hawkeye or something was slated to come out before Black Widow, then there would have been a big issue there. But <laughs> Yeah. So. Now, if, if it is something to do with Ezra Miller, the reason The Flash has been pushed way back, 
could they recast that? Uh, see, honestly, at this point, I don't know. <laughs> because yes. this movie has gone through so many directors, so many writers at this point, And I don't know. I mean, I, I would assume they've already been filming it if it was supposed to come out this year. Right. It should be. Filming, I think, should be done. So, it, by pushing it back almost another year, they could bring in a new Flash and just work them into the other scenes. Right. I don't see it. 2021, they were filming. Uh, yeah, it wrapped filming in October last year. October of 21, it wrapped filming. They're not going to bring it out till what, about that in yeah. 2023? Yeah. So, when, let's see, when did they push that back? They pushed it back to June. God. So, ah, no, no comment. <laughs> I just told them there's no, no releases this week. Um, yeah. Just, that's just, mind-boggling. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Flashpoint. Warner On the games. <laughs> Video games. Chris, have you been able to play anything fun this week? No, not this week. I, uh, I've like I said, I've been cutting into the gaming time a little bit to work in some more movies. And... Well, Chris, let me tell you, I have been playing something new. This little game called Elden Ring came out back in February. Mm. Everybody, I feel like, is talking about this game. So for those of you who don't know, it's like a Dark Soulsy, very hard, very difficult, does not hold your hand video game. And what I mean by that is, you go into it, you. There's somewhat of a little tutorial path that you can do, and then you open up into the world, and they just say, have fun. This is, do what you want to do. No objectives, no side objectives. Like, uh, all that's on your screen is your map, and uh, no, there's not even a map in the corner, is your uh, health bar, your inventory, and your your buffs, and that's it. And, it's, and that's it. So... I have played some of these FromSoft games before, like Bloodborne and things. I I have enjoyed them. Not really my cup of tea. Like I've never gotten anywhere close to beating any of these games because it's it is really hard. This game how, though, do I? How do you beat a game with no objectives? Well, there's a certain big main bosses you do, but like you have to pay attention okay. to the world kind of thing. And it is fun. Like it is addicting fun. I got it on. I think it was Thursday or Friday, and I've already put 15 hours into the game, maybe. And it's I can't stop playing it. Like I, you play it and you lose time because it, your progress and how you level up are called runes. But if you die, you lose your runes where you die at, and you start back off at a checkpoint, and you have to go back and get those runes to get to to get them and to level up and things. But if you die on your way back to go get those, you lose them forever, and it's just it's it's punishing. But it's fun, and I like this one a lot more because it's open world. So, like, if you find that big main boss, and you're like, oh, I am way too under level for that, you can go do something else. Like, the big main boss, I think it's Margit, M-A-R-G-I-T, is the first one. I have found him. I have fought him two or three times. I said, I, I can't beat this guy right now. And so I've been, and that was, you know, 10 hours ago in the game, and I've been doing other things, fighting other sub-bosses. It's, it's a lot of fun, and... If you've played any of the Dark Souls games or any of the FromSoft games and you enjoyed it, but it was just a little too difficult for you, I said this is it for you. Like this is great. This is already it's the number one selling game of the year. I know we're only in the beginning of March, 
but it's the top selling game of all year. I mean, we've ever had a lot of big blockbusters come out so far, but it's it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to to keep playing it. And like, I haven't played any Horizon this week. I've been wanting to go through and try and clear, you know get some more plat, um, trophies and play the, get the platinum. Yep. I can't. I've been stuck in this seat, and I'm like, I can't stop playing this game, and it bothers me because. All the people that are very big into FromSoft games are still playing it, you know, 100, 150 hours in and just now beating it because they're doing other things. And I'm like, I don't know if I have that kind of time right now, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to play it for as long as it holds my interest. And which, as it's going right now, is going to be a very long time. It's really fun. So, yeah, a lot of fun. I like it's it. cool. Uh, something else I really like, Chris, this is a big one. But probably the biggest mm-hmm. news story. I've got two news stories here, and this is my favorite one so far. There is a live-action God of War series in the works. We're going to IGN.com for this one, and this is by Matt Kim. Amazon Prime Video will potentially expand their video game TV series lineup with none other than a God of War live-action series. According to Deadline, Prime Video is in talks with PlayStation to adapt God of War as a live-action TV series. The Expanse creators and executive producers Mark Fergus and Hawk Otsby, as well as the Wheel of Time producer Raphael Judkins, are all looking to join the adaptation. So still in talks, still very early on, but mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Because, I mean, everyone's been speculating for casting. I don't have anything yet um, but that no. I've really enjoyed. But it's it's going to be crazy because this comes up with uh, if finalized God of War will join The Last of Us and Twisted Metal as the latest PlayStation exclusives to make the jump to live action TV. Not counting some of the other flagship games adapted for the big screen like Uncharted and the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima movie. I keep forgetting that's a thing. But would you would you go with completely live action Kratos or would you? do some CG related similar to Thanos and the Marvel movies. See, I I don't know, man. I either one I'd be okay with, honestly, as if they did it as great as like Thanos, uh, production wise, but a lot of people have been asking, do you go with the 2018 God of war or do you go from the very beginning? Uh, uh, Spartan God of war. I feel like, the 2018 one is more so your that will get more audience in and you can have flashback episodes or flashback moments to those things and if they want to do a prequel they can do a prequel but i feel like to get like uh let's just get some slum joe from anybody anywhere to watch the show no one knows anything about the video games i feel like the 2018 the viking uh, uh valhalla stuff is what you want to go with first because i feel like that story is more adaptable for tv if that makes any sense yeah. See, I played the OG. Mm-hmm. OG's Spartan fun. Frustrating, but fun. Yeah. So that's what I'm used to. Yeah. I don't know. I they. I wonder if they'll make that call, too, based on the fact that you've got Vikings Valhalla mm-hmm. out there. And you've got, you've go, got your Vikings hey, show right now. Pretty do popular. We wanna put so. a lot of, do we want to put a lot of Vikings mm. content out? Or do we want to do something different? No one's doing Spartan. Right, and then lean content. into it down the road. Yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting the Ghost of Tsushima movie. I completely forgot about that. But if, if this becomes Johnson a thing... Kratos. Right. <laughs> Dude, if, if this is... It brings me hope, because if this is a thing and becomes reality, which I'm pretty sure it's going to be, 
that means mm-hmm. we're going to get a Horizon show or movie at some point because they're putting all their IPs in form. I get Twisted Metal, Last of Us now, uh, God of War potentially. I mean, God of War, Last of Us, and uh, Horizon are your pretty big titles for uh, PlayStation. And I'm all in if they want to. I mean, Horizon's still my favorite video game. So I say bring it on. And speaking of, of bringing it. it on, do it. All of it. All of it. I just want to give me all the content. And speaking of content, Super Nintendo World will open in 2023 at Universal Studios Hollywood. Because, you know, they get everything out there on the West Coast. It's fine. Not a big deal. Japan's just a couple miles away. But sure, let's put it over there in California. <laughs> Notable new releases this week. The GTA 5 and online comes to next-gen on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. And then Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin comes out on everything but the Switch on March 18th. But guys, thank you all so much for listening and watching this week's episode of the show. We will return in two weeks. And I will explain why when we get there. But in two weeks, we'll be back. But make sure you watch the movie this week, which is The Heart of a Fall. Sorry, Idris Ilba on Netflix. And don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms as podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us as well. On social media, you can follow us at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MavTN7. All three of those are on Twitter. And you can always go to Facebook.com, type in nerdwide.com, and you will find us there. Make sure you give us a follow, uh, follow there as well if you do. By the way, huh? oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. do not Google NerdWide videos accidentally. Oh, no. I had someone do that. And uh, instead of – if you just NerdWide, it takes you to our stuff. Okay. Nerdwide videos brings up a bunch of porn. Oh yeah, so. don't do that. <laughs> I'm definitely We're not, gonna not do in that those. Here in a minute. Definitely not going to do that here in a minute just to see. But guys, this has been the Nerdwide podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. We cannot wait to see you in two weeks. We got we'll have two episodes of Superman Lost to talk about and our movie, and we will see you then. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Later, guys. <laughs>